greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Hello and welcome back to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, Keith McKenzie. I'll be here with you for about the next half hour. We got an exciting, very exciting topic today. We're going to talk about the Tetragrammaton, the, the Lord's name, Yahweh God. We're going to take a peek here at it. And, and uh, when I saw this for the first time, um, I really couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. And uh, But anyway, before I get uh, uh, rambling on, let's take this uh, session before the Lord in prayer and uh, just be in prayer. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for today. I thank you for uh, blessing us with this time. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Your word says that you have given us your Holy Spirit, that it would guide us into all truth. And Lord, I pray, Father, for the truth of what we're going to unpack today in your name is it's a blessing, Lord. I thank you, and this just blesses me every time I even think about it, Lord, that your name over 6,000 times in your word, Lord, and you said that if we meditated on your name, like the prophet Malachi said, you would bless us. Father, bless this time. Help us to understand and unpack what you have for us today. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Wow. Have we got an exciting uh, topic for you today. The Tetragrammaton, God's name, the, the unutterable name of God. It's four consonants of uh, no vowels in God's name. Actually, there's no vowels in the um, Hebrew language. They have 22 uh, letters. We have some articles up on the site. Uh, his name is one of the articles that we're going to be uh, discussing today. We also have uh, Hebrew Alphabet 101. But what I want to do today is when we discussed last time in uh, Genesis chapter 2, God introduced himself in um, Genesis chapter 2, in Genesis uh as, as the Lord God. And you'll notice in your English Bibles that where uh, Lord is in all caps, that is the proper name for God. That is the Tetragrammaton. That is the four letters of, of God's name. And uh, it's your, some English uh, translations uh, translate it as Jehovah, which is an English transliteration of the Latin uh, of Yahweh or Jehovah, where they would get that. So there's some different things you'll, you, you can see there. And uh, I tend to like Yahweh God myself. Uh, in Isaiah, it talks about Yah. And so I, I, instead of Jehovah, I think more Yah. I think that is closer representation to the true name uh, of God. So the four letters, the unutterable name of, of, of God here is uh, what I want to do is I was uh, invited to preach at a, uh, a service and 
I had been teaching and, and getting into this whole uh, Hebrew thing and, and you know and really looking in and digging into uh, you know we have uh, an English translation in front of us and this was translated but it was originally written the Old Testament the Tanakh okay God's God's word was written in Hebrew now the type of Hebrew that Moses would have been writing in his day was different from what King David in the modern uh, Hebrew that we have today and I'll put some things up on the screen and you'll be able to see some of the different things but the Paleo Hebrew okay is the ancient uh, picture language of the Hebrews and uh, I guess a, a picture language uh, like Egyptian hieroglyphics I guess would be the closest uh, thing I can think of off the top of my head as far as uh, you know uh, having a language that was in picture form pictograms that conveyed uh, meaning to them now God has chosen in his infinite wisdom when he uh, in his foreknowledge he put together the Bible he put it together in uh, Hebrew in the Old Testament there's some Aramaic okay in sections especially in Daniel and that's talking about the Gentiles right there so I'm sure there's some some uh, things there but that's not a topic for today and in the New Testament the New Testament was written in Greek okay now both Greek and Hebrew both share some very interesting characteristics obviously the letters uh, convey a uh, uh, phonetic value where we pronounce our words both of those language Greek and Hebrew also convey uh, numeric values they both do that but the Hebrew the ancient paleo Hebrew was pictograms so not only did they have phonetic value they had a numeric value but they had a picture value also now I'm going to use some of my notes here from the article up on this so if you want to look at this and go back and, and review this and see this is it's called his name and actually in Hebrew uh, the name uh, you might hear uh, rabbis say Hashem Shem means name Hashem means the name and uh, so we're going to be talking about the name Hashem uh, of, of God the Tetragrammaton okay you see this all the time and um, while I was preparing uh, for a uh, a sermon I happened to see a, um, I, I kept thinking about this this scripture, and I had to go online because I couldn't remember where where I found it. So I'm on my blue letter Bible, um, you know, concordance, and I'm in there, and I'm, I'm I'm searching for this. Those who meditate on the name of the Lord, and so I found it, and and um, you know, I'd already been studying this. And I'd seen this and I'd heard this uh, Paleo-Hebrew and I began digging in. And then uh, uh, Malachi uh, chapter 3, okay, and this actually happens to be Malachi is the last prophet 
uh, to speak uh, just before the, uh, they call them the silent years in, in the Bible, uh, between uh, the prophet Malachi and the first advent of Christ. Okay, there was a, a good space in there, you know, uh, 400 years or something like that. I might be wrong about that. Um, but those silent years are actually outlined in Daniel between uh, the king of the north and the king of the south. There's this long discourse of these kings of the north and the south that, that you know, keep going at it. And, and the king of the north is above Israel. The king of the south is below Israel. So you have like Syria and Egypt, uh, modern day uh, geography, uh, keep attacking each other from the uh, the uh, remnants of the Greek Empire that Alexander the Great had. So these two kings would go at it, and so that time period between Malachi and the New Testament is chronicled there in, in Daniel in an amazing, accurate uh, formation. And when we get to the book of Daniel one of these days, we'll, we'll take a look at that. We'll do an overview of that. But let's get back to Hashem, the name. In Malachi, this is just before that period, before Christ's first advent. Now, listen to this. In Malachi 3, chapter 3, verse 16, it talks about a book of remembrance. It says, Then those who feared the Lord and spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before them. This sounds familiar to our New Testament ears. Okay. And it says, uh, For those who fear the Lord, that's the Tetragrammaton, Yahweh, and who meditate on his name. That was that thing that just kept, you know, I just kept thinking about that. And it says, They shall be mine, says Yahweh of hosts, the Lord of hosts. And on that day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve God. All right. So, what is this meditating on the name of God? This is written, let's get my notes out here, um, from our article, His Name. <laughs> get this. The Tetragrammaton appears 60, over 6,500 times in 5,500 and 21 verses of God appears the Tetragrammaton. All right? That's a lot. All right? It's almost like God was, you know, saying, hey, this is important. Paleo-Hebrew. All right? God's name, each member, each, each letter, and I'll be putting them up on the, on the screen as we go, uh, you read Hebrew, uh, we read from left to right in the West. And on a sidebar, um, all uh, languages that um, are, you know, east of Israel, uh, they read from right to left. In all languages west, 
of Israel read left to right. So, interesting, all languages flow towards Jerusalem. Very interesting to know that. It's just one of those peculiarities that, that, that I, I believe God puts out there that, that just like, hey, this is where it started, and this is where it's going to end. But um, God's name, okay, when he revealed him, uh, Moses wrote the book of Genesis, okay? When Moses was at the burning bush, Okay, it should be a familiar story to most of you. Uh, he told Moses to go back to Egypt and to deliver his people. And, you know, basically Moses tried to get out of it. He's like, I'm not really that good of a talker. And, you know, I'm slow of speech. And, you know, they went back and forth there for a little bit. But God was not going to be deterred. And so Moses um, really didn't want the job there at first. And, you know, he had killed somebody. He had murdered somebody uh, 40 years earlier in Egypt. He was, he was uh, the adopted son of Pharaoh. And he, he, he ran away because he was a murderer. And, um, but anyway, so Moses agrees to go back. But Moses says, who, who do I tell him that sent me? And, and uh, God says, tell him I am that I am sent you. Now, we could spend a whole show just talking about that and expanding that and everything, but suffice to say, it's the, the short uh, synopsis of it is, I am that I am is the ever-present one, okay? He's, he's, God is self-existent, always eternal. All right, that's an oversimplification of it, but we're not going to get through the rest of this uh, today if we don't. But anyway, there's been some really, really great um, archaeological finds that that uh, validate this, and these uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm sure you've heard about, but there was a uh, a cave. Uh, I'm not sure about my pronunciation on this. The Quarum. Uh, scrolls, but anyway, they would be in uh, even some of the Greek writings and the Hebrew. But there would be uh, these different, almost like a different font in there, and it was it was Paleo Hebrew. Now, some uh, excellent scholarship has been done out there in recent uh, times on this, but what we'll demonstrate, and you can find from the other articles. But we want to stay on task here for our Genesis 1 through 11 uh, discipleship project. But I want to bless you in this, that within God's name, okay, the Hebrew letters represent, uh, let's go ahead and go through them. So I'll throw this up there so you can see these things. These are the ancient uh, scripts, and you can see how the uh, uh, Hebrew language has, has changed. And you're looking at uh, some modern um, Hebrew script. You're looking at cursive and, and different types of uh, printed and, and you're going to see on the bottom is this um, uh, the, the Paleo um, Hebrew. The Paleo Hebrew remember carries the idea of uh, pictures. 
Now, what do these pictures mean in the ancient alphabet? Uh, uh, the reading, remember, we got to read from right to left. So you notice there that little, uh, it almost looks like a little decorative hook. That is the Hebrew letter Yod. Okay, and, and the picture meaning for yod is uh, arm or a closed hand. Okay, so this is the, uh, the early Semitic pictograph of this letter is an arm and a hand. The meaning of this letter is work, okay, to make, to throw, to function as a hand. The modern Hebrew name is yud and is a derivative of the, the word yad, meaning hand. And that's the original name of the letter. Okay, let's look at the next uh, letter is the hey. Now hey, the picture meaning means to look, to reveal, almost like looking through a window in, in some breath. Now the original pictograph for this letter is a man standing with his arms raised out. The modern Hebrew and original name for this letter is hey. The Hebrew word hey means behold. When it is looked at as a great sight, this word can also mean breath or sigh is one who's looking at a great sight. And you're gonna you're gonna fall over when you when you see where this is going. And I want you to be blessed in this. All right. So anyway, the next letter in the Tetragrammaton is the Vav. Now that one looks like it, it looks like a um, a, um, a little hook there with a, a thing coming down. It's, uh, the idea that we're going to convey here is a tent peg, a hook or a nail. All right, the early original pictograph used in the early Semitic script uh, kind of looks like a Y. All right, it's a picture of a tent peg. The tent pegs were made of wood and they may have been Y shaped. All right, to prevent the rope from slipping off. Makes sense, right? Now, this is going back to the early, uh, you know, meaning of these things. Now, the modern Hebrew for the name letter is vav, meaning peg or hook. This letter is used in modern Hebrew as a consonant with a V sound uh, and as a vowel. The modern Hebrew letter appears, as uh, you see right there, and it is a vowel with the sound of O. All right? And it appears... Uh, as a vowel sound, whereas where we get that, that vav uh, type of uh, meaning. And that uh, conveyed, again, that tent peg look. Now, the fourth letter is another hey. We just covered that. That means to look, reveal with, uh, through the window, to, to take you know, your breath away. You know, when you see something, you're like... You know, wow! It's it, and wait till you see what this is. Now let's let's put the picture meaning together, okay? So if we have a yod, a hay, a vav, and a hay, this is where we pronounce God's name. That's the tetragrammaton, the yod vav hay. 
and, and I like to say Yahweh, and, and some people will try and throw vowels in there, and they end up with different variants and, and these type of things. But it's the yod Hey vav Hey. That's the, the secret name, the unpronounceable name of God. And uh, what you're going to see here, we're going to read this from, uh, you know, right to left, right? We've got um, the yod, remember, means the hand, vav, the nail, hey, behold, right? So if we're reading from, from left to right, all right, we have the hand, right? And then you have the hey, which means behold, vav, the nail, hey, behold. See, closed hand, behold, vav, nail, behold. Now let's do it uh, with a little bit more English. And just go right through this. Now we have behold the nail, behold the hand. That's God's name. Behold the nail. Behold the hand. Now, this is all up on the site. I didn't do the research on this. So the links uh, for these things are up there for the people who, who, have, who have done scholarly work. You know, probably thousands of, of hours of boring uh, research un, until they, you know, came up with these, these things, you know, comparing, you know, manuscript on top of manuscript and, you know, the, the, but their labor produced this fruit of, of God's name, the Tetragrammaton, as, imagine this, and this is where it really blessed me. When Jesus was crucified, Pilate didn't want to crucify him. He tried to uh, get Jesus free. He tried to free Jesus because he says, I, I find no fault in the man. And he, and he washed his hands and he, and he says, you know, I, you know, won't, I'm washing my hands of this. I, you know, I won't have anything to do with this. But he acquiesced to the, the demands of, of the, uh, the people. And they were, they were calling for, for, for uh, him to be crucified. They were like, crucify him, crucify him. Now, while it was a, the, the crucifixion and the, and the, the mock uh, trials that Jesus went through, on the, on the day he was betrayed and when he was crucified was a legal abomination. All right, they broke every law that God had given them in ramrodding him through these false trials and bringing in, you know, false witnesses and stuff. And these were the people who were there to uphold the law. But this was all part of God's plan. This was not a tragedy in respect that this was God's plan, God's plan, okay, to, to uh, give himself, even though nobody else knew what was going on, not the angels, not Satan, not the religious leaders, not the apostles, only in the counsel of God. 
did they know? And so when God gave his name, his covenant name, it was, Behold the hand, behold the nail. And when Pilate wrote his tittle and placed it above Jesus' head, because they would write the title above the head, all right, on the accusations of the criminal, and Pilate had wrote, wrote, all right, let's let's um, go there, all right. I believe it's uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter um, 19, I think. And um, so Jesus is betrayed, all right, and it says um, the King on the cross, all right. And it says, and he bearing his cross, verse 17, chapter 19, went out to a place called the, of the place called the skull, which in Hebrew is Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others on the other side, one on either side, and Jesus in the, in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title, all right and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And many of the Jews read this title, for they were in a place where he was crucified near the city, and they could read this. And it was written in Hebrew. All right, that's important for us to know Greek and Latin. All right, Greek was the, the commercial language. Latin was the, the, the language of the Romans. Hebrew was obviously the local language. Now, when they saw this, notice this is a key point. Therefore, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not roll the king of the Jews, but he said, I am the king of the Jews. Notice how they want to make just a small change there. Say, don't write that he said king of the Jews. He said, say, I am the king of the Jews, right? Why? Because Jews do um, equidistant letter spacing. They would look at the first, automatically, they would look at the first letter of each word. And of those words, spelled Yahweh. It was the Tetragrammaton. They knew that. They saw that. So nailed above Jesus' body, crucified, with the nail in his hands, all right? God's name, his covenant name with his people, all right? Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton, was behold the hand. Behold the nail. That's God's picture name. And, but that was all part of God's plan. His name, <laughs> he says, meditate on my name. Now that we, we're beginning to see these things, God's opening up all kinds of things. And I think this is the type of thing that as we begin to understand where we came from as Christians, Hebrew, that God will begin to bless us. He will help us to uh, go to the Jewish people <coughs> and tell them that their Messiah has come and that his name, his holy name, is the crucified one. 
Jesus, the Lamb of God. He who knew no sin became sin, fulfilling the law every single jot and tittle. God's holy name. I hope you were blessed with this session. That's all we got for today. I wish we didn't have to go, but we do. Come back next time. We'll be getting into Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to get into some tall gears because things pick up fast from here. But I wanted to bless you with this and let you know that God is in control. And he wants to bless you. Just dig into his word. And there's more here than we can possibly imagine. God bless you. Till I see you next time. I love you.